Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. And we are back with a brand new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am here with Matt. Hi, Pete. I'm back. Um, and you, not, not great circumstances to be back. I, I can't remember the last time we did a podcast, but last we, time things were looking up. It was debatable whether the Emery season was going to be good or bad. Like, and now well, we know. Yeah. And uh, now if it's signed, sealed and delivered and it looks, it doesn't even look Vengerish really. I feel like... Um, the the glorious failure days of well you know we had a great run in at the end of the season this has gone the other way I'm so depressed by what we've seen over the last and it really is as as, as recent as the last three weeks isn't it, it yeah it's uh, it's it, it's been a, it's been a funny old season I think that um, I, I don't think I've ever known a manager as lucky as Emery and I think those first twenty two games when you look back on them and some of the luck that we had there were a lot of warning signs in those first twenty two games. And then we went through a dip and you thought, oh, is he going to get out of this? And then we kind of, you know, like the, the terminally ill person who has that, you know, that, that one day where you're like, oh, wow, they're better. They're on the, the road to repair and then like cardiac arrest. It was definitely a cardiac, uh, cardiac arrest yes, yesterday. So, or maybe Emery should be placed under arrest. Yes, I know. I definitely think so. I would, I would deliver that citizen's arrest if I saw him in the Colney car park. Uh, without his entourage. So um, there's a lot of things that we can get through today. I feel like it's going to be a fairly ranty, uh, yeah. ranty 45 minutes. Because I'm angry. Yeah, same here. Four points from 18 we're going to discuss. 
Um, lots of things that can sit under under that that category. Um, judging our season, you know, how, like how, is this season a success? Even if he wins the Europa League, then we're going to talk about actually getting to the final of the Europa League. Um, then, what does this mean for the club? Like for, like for me, I can smell Arsenal's boardroom from here. Like it's a rotting head, no doubt. Um, but what can we do in the short term? And you know, what should we be striving for in the long term? And then we can do just a little bit about why Brendan Rodgers is looking so damn fine at Leicester um, after that spectacular match where Manchester City take the Premier League down to the last game. So we will expect you back in part two. So we can talk about what happened at the weekend, but I think the bigger picture conversation that we need to have is... Emery just didn't seem to want to qualify for the top four. We've taken a grand total of four points from 18. We've watched Chelsea slip. We've watched United slip. We've watched Spurs slip. It's been a, it's been a very, very disappointing run for a manager that came in with one of the objectives of strengthening, strengthening the team from a, you know, like a, a psychological perspective. What do you think has gone wrong? Well, let's just start at the beginning. And I think if you asked everyone what they wanted to see at the beginning of the season, no one would have necessarily said, we have to get top four or we have to win a cup. But what everyone would have said is, I need to see improvement on where we've been. And I think we can talk as much about what's happened with the top four and with the Premier League as a whole But the reality is we just haven't seen that improvement that we're all hoping for. We have not improved in any area of the team, full stop. There's been no clear strategy as to where Arsenal are going. And we go into this summer with less hope than we had going into last summer. And that really shouldn't be the case. This should have been the the year where we had our ups and downs, but we figured stuff out where we had a clear point of view on who should stay and who should go. And, you know, we were, we were coming into the summer with optimism, but we don't have any of those things. If anything, we've got more questions than we had last year. And that's the, that's the bit that's most disappointing to me. It's not like, you know, after we got off the back of that long um, unbeaten streak at least you could begin to make some assumptions and you could say, okay, we're not a bad team. We're a pretty good team, but we obviously nearly need a commanding centre half. We need a wide player and probably one other. But if we get those three players, then we're going to be in a really good position. Now you look at the team and you go, what the hell do we need? Who should we keep? What style of football are we even trying to play? What's going on? Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I think that, I, I I was very early on the scene with the you know where's the where's the identity coming from the football's bad but I, you know you have to accept that the first three four months of the season are going to be difficult but he he was winning ugly and he was making changes early it appeared that he was getting into the heads of the players not he, just ugly because we did have that sort of I know it was like Fulham away and. Yeah. There were a few moments where you began to see, you know, you had Arsenal fans saying, we've got our Arsenal back. 
we beat Spurs playing with like real intensity and passion and fire. And so you began to think that he might be onto something. But that wasn't... And it's one of the things that was often levelled at Arsene Wenger is when you stumble across the blueprint, like, stick with the blueprint, you know? And I felt like we began to see that game, the Liverpool game at home, we had an idea of what we were going to see where we were technically strong. We weren't going to give an inch. We had a relatively settled team. Um, but somehow, and I think a lot of it is just down to lack of intensity. He hasn't managed the squad properly in terms of being able to deliver the intensity at the desired moments because we haven't really seen any intensity other than in a few Europa games since, since Christmas. No, and I, I went back over Christmas and I went to the Huddersfield game and I was shocked by how little energy there was in the game. And I feel like there was maybe a little bit of a recovery um, after Christmas, but at the, the, the hope that he'd be able to instill a disciplined approach to pressing throughout the season evaporated because we, we see it in spits and spats and you know maybe that's partly to do with personnel but I feel like you Klopp inherited a far worse squad in his first season and though he didn't qualify for Champions League it wasn't the first full season obviously you could clearly see the rock and roll football or heavy metal football was was heading to to Liverpool like he he's he'd created the underpinnings of a of a of a of a blueprint that was to play this like high intensity, uh, exciting football. Uh, Emery has somehow managed the feat of making the team worse as the season has gone on. Yeah, I mean, it made me think of it. You remember Claudio Ranieri and was Tinkerman. And I wonder if when we look back at the North London derby where he played, who was it, Iwobi and someone else in the first half and then they came off and he changed the wide men. He brought on Lacazette and Ramsey in the second half and it was considered a tactical masterstroke. And then people started saying that maybe that was always intended. And it feels like he likes this idea of of being seen as a strategic tactical master. And since then, there has been just all this weird tactical play that maybe he thinks he's cleverer than he is because... We never really arrived at a system. It's always it's, and and I think this is what I said to someone on a on a group. It's like there's no strategy, just tactics. Yeah, and I was watching uh, I was watching the game at the weekend on NBC, and one of the commentators said, "Ah, Unai Emery, well known for staying up to two a.m. watching videos." And I, I read a lot of people saying the problem with Emery is he's just too pragmatic. I don't see the pragmatism. Like for me, pragmatism is looking at a problem and delivering a solution for that. You know, I don't. I don't feel like like Brighton, forty-one crosses we knocked into the box against uh, Duffy and Dunk. Dunk. Forty-one crosses into two aerial, like two dominant players from an aerial perspective. And after you see that that's not working after the first fifteen. Change it up. Play through the middle. Play on the ground. Like do, do whatever. Like there was there, there was no solution. Awobi doesn't usually cross the ball. He was firing balls in all games. So it was clearly a tactic. I'm not. When you were watching the videos of Brighton, what what were you seeing that indicated that attacking them from an aerial perspective was the way to win that game? And then you look at Wolves. 
Did you not pay attention to the fact that they're a fierce counter-attacking side? Um, you know, we got done on the counter-attack. Palace, did you really think that you could put a low-energy, low-physicality team to, against Palace with Jenkinson, Mustafi, Gwendozi and Elneny in the middle of the park and not get absolutely battered? And that, that decision was made all the worse by the fact that he'd done that against Everton and got his ass handed to him. So I don't, I don't see the pragmatism. I don't really see uh, the intelligence. I see a lot of negativity and I see a lot of fear because the start of the season when we were all jacking up on you know, the early substitutions, looking back on it now, it was indecision and dithering and making the, the, a, a bad choice on the starting eleven. Because I know that the, the XG numbers like draw size from the audience. But simple, simple fact is those XG numbers that said we were getting lucky at the first half of the season played out in the end. And now it looks like there's a high possibility that we could finish sixth this season, which is still one place ahead of, of, of where we should be positioned from an XG perspective. So we're getting lucky. Our defence is worse. There's no notable style. So you're trying to like hunt around for why you should give him another year. And, and it seems that you know, a lot of people, like the sensible option is, is to give him a year. But in business, if you gave a highly paid member of staff a year and they'd offered no improvements anywhere, you, know, you run a business, bring a guy in or a girl and they're a new business lead. And in an entire year, they don't move the needle. They don't, inc- like, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all going to come down to the duration of the contract. What, what was it he on? Was he on a two-year? With an ex- I think it's two years with an option to it, uh, extend, yeah. right? And I think that's going to be the main reason they don't do anything. And also because up until two weeks ago, everyone was feeling all right about stuff. It's true. But, I mean, that's football. It's like the business end is when it matters. So it's only in the last three weeks that the wheels have come off. And so what that means is there's no chance that anyone at Arsenal has actually prepared for a scenario other than us doing pretty well because that's the way the Arsenal works is we bury our head in the sand and hope for the best. Um, and Wenger for many years was able to just about scrape us in. So he's definitely going to stay because we, we've done nothing in terms of looking for a replacement or trying to find a replacement. Well, the, but the, my big concern is not only will we have done nothing in terms of replacing Emery, what have we done in terms of refreshing the squad? Because Emery's bold decision that he made in January when it came to players was to sign Denis Suarez from Barcelona when it was clear that he needed uh, a centre-back and some energy in the middle of the park. So with Sven Mislintat now at Stuttgart, who has been running the show from a scouting perspective? Is it is it Raul, who's uh, just a just a, a desk monkey as far as I'm concerned? Like where where it where is where is the summer coming from? Yeah, I mean it's it's massively concerning. And right now we're in a similar position to where we were last year, which is, yeah, we really need some players, but I sort of feel like we need a system more than we need players. You know, I still cannot believe that our defence is as bad as... that we are currently worth less than the sum of our parts. There, There can't be any way that... We've got Monreal, who has been a 
you know, dependable fullback, and Kolasinac, he was player of the season or whatever, and is at left back in Germany as a wing back. So we can we've got both a four four at the back and a five at the back covered. We've got Koscielny, we've got Mavropanos, we've got Socrates, we've got Burnt Leno, who's been better than De Gea. We've got Burnt Leno, Bellerin's injured, but he'll come back at some point. There is no way that the defence is as bad individually, like. It can't... There's something not happening. Because they're not terrible players. Yes, we need to upgrade. But they should be able to be coached to deliver okay defensive performances. Even mid-table defensive performances. But our defensive performances are, are, are well, some of the worst in the league. I, and I think there's a consistent argument that I hear. That, that squad was not good enough for top four. Well, I'm sorry... It absolutely was because up until Sunday, we were in the mix and really we should have got more than four points from 18. I'm absolutely on board with you with regards to the, the, to, to the defence. A lot of people saying that we should replace the whole defence in the summer and, and maybe we should. But if Emery came in and part of his manifesto was, I'm going to improve the defence, and he's made it worse. And he's bought three players and out of a back five. Yeah, he's bought, he's bought three players out of a back five, plus um, you've got Guendozi and Torreira, who effectively should be protecting um, that defence as well. And we were all happy. Like, I, don't, I don't think anybody's unhappy with any of those signings. And when we talk about uh, Mustafi, Emery knew him when he came in, he spent a whole preseason with him, and nobody's played more games in the Premier League than Mustafi. If he was really horrified by Mustafi, surely he wouldn't play him. So I I don't understand. And, how and he, let's just be like, and Mustafi's won a World Cup. But my thoughts on Mustafi are half the problem is he's a thirty-five million pound player, and we got absolutely ripped off. But like, he should still be able to do the job of a ten million pound centre half. He yeah. should be. Like, like he's got enough physically, experience-wise, to be able to do a job again at home against bottom half teams. Yeah, he should have. Uh huh. And if he was in Newcastle's defence, he'd be performing better. He'd be, yeah, he'd be performing better. Um, so I, I, I'm in complete agreement. What do you, what do you think about the general consensus that Emery is overperforming with this squad? And the, you know, it was it was a top six squad. Absolutely not, with... absolutely not. I mean, I we, we, there was a bit of chat on a WhatsApp group yesterday, and someone tried to suggest that, uh, you know, we we've been overperforming and that we've got the weakest squad of the top four. We've got a better squad than Chelsea. Yeah, uh, I think. I mean, they we're, and we're, United, we're, 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 we're similar to Chelsea, but and we've just got problems in different areas. <laughs> yeah, and then Chelsea haven't got strikers, and then really. yeah, they're just desperate for strikers, and we could just do with a few of their midfielders and uh, and be able to defend slightly better. Um, and then you look at Spurs, and you go, we've got a better squad than Spurs. He just manages; he's got a style of play, a way of playing, and he's got a couple of. But I think we've got a better squad than Spurs. Squad. Yeah. And, and uh, did you watch United at the weekend? And then United are just a horrible sort of um, mess. I mean, United is sort of hard to gauge for me because they have got some brilliant, some players who, sh- who are <laughs> playing appallingly but should be brilliant. 
Like people like Pogba and you know, even to to an extent, you know. Look Sanchez at that defense, and, though. Look at that defense. And De Gea is an on paper great goalkeeper. Yeah. How many errors has he made this yeah. season? Um, Pogba, like, how many players does he need to uh, unlock we, we, his we, skill? We, we've got we've got a decent squad. We've got great strikers. We've got strikers that anyone pretty much bar City and Liverpool would be. Bite your hand off. What is um, Aubameyang in the Premier League? He's got 29, goals 20, in total, I think. 29 in 31 appearances. It's yeah. phenomenal. Lacazette is amazing. I love him. Um, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just everywhere else. But, you know, you could go through the whole team. I, I, still, I don't know what's happened to Torreira. He's just sort of gone massively off the boil. Guendozi, his head's dropped a bit, been overplayed. Uh, Jacker just being Jacker. Jacker's just reverted to being Jacker. Uh, you do, know, do you think there's depressing? Do you think there's any merit to the argument of the under twenty one players? Do you think that that's just us looking back on Project Youth, um, reminiscing that I mean, the the, these the, players could be capable? Or I mean, you... I mean, it's difficult. I'd love to think so. But they've now been around for a year. I know they haven't played much, but Maitland-Niles looks solid, doesn't look anything better than you could buy for 10 million somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, uh, Eddie Nicotia, uh keeps coming on, can't score. So, that mental block looks like. I mean, he's been given the chances now. I know, I know they're not big chances, but that's... Saka looks very interesting, though. Saka over a Wobi? Could it be much worse? <laughs> like, this is, but this is my thing. Mavropanos. How bad must Mavropanos be in training for Mustafi to get in ahead of him so consistently? But, but the thing about... And the thing about Iwobi, Iwobi said, I'm pleased with my progress this year. I've, I've had a few assists. Awful, awful quote. Yeah. That's, mean, the, that's the mentality at yeah. Arsenal there, right? That's that's the, the mentality through and through. And, uh, and we're desperate, you know? Uh, I remember someone trying to tell me that Mkhitaryan had had a good year. He's fucking shit. Been yeah. He's, we've got to get rid of that guy. It might, we've got to get, I mean, maybe give Iwobi one more year, like, but probably bin him off. Uh, we've, we've got to make wholesale changes. I still like Torreira and Gwendozi, both of them. Um, but, and then Jack, a decent squad player. That's it. Decent, yeah. I but I don't even think he's a decent squad player. He's 90 grand a week. He can't run. He's makes a massive error every single game. Uh, he's weak. Like, why would you want him around the squad? Like, bin him off. Same with Danny Welbeck, you know. Yeah, what, what's the point? He's a, he's a striker that can't score. So he's just a very, very expensive battering ram. So um, I'm, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that he's being moved on. So when, uh, when judging the season... So we've got, we have the Europa League coming up on Thursday. We go away to Valencia. Valencia scored five goals in the first half away from home um, at the weekend. Look, nice. I think we're going to be fine against Valencia. We've got a two-goal cushion. I think we'll lose, we'll lose 2-1 or 2-0 and we'll go through, probably. You know, I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to go to the final. I think we're going to play Chelsea and then it's literally on the toss of a coin, I think. Like I said, I feel like us and Chelsea are both in the same boat. We're both bang average. But uh, if he wins the Europa League, does that 
does does that give him another year? Does that count? He's as, got another year anyway, hasn't he? That's, that's... Does does it count for you as a successful season if we win the Europa League? Will you just you know glory in Baku, Azerbaijan? Do you just say, hey, it's been a great year and forget about it? I'd love. You know, it's a bit like business, right? It's what you really want is for him to win the Europa and then try and explain why what's happened has happened, honestly. And one of the things that people have been talking about is communicating a clear vision. And I think at Arsenal, there's a complete lack of transparency about everything. Mm-hmm. Like, where is the club going? What are we doing? So if Emery came out and said, listen, we've had a shocker. I can't believe it. Uh, the players have... Like, I, I overestimated certain players. I should, have made, I should have done things differently. I've learned a lot but we've won the Europa and we're going to push on and we're going to be relentless, I'd go, fair play. But that's just not going to happen. You know, there is not going to be any acknowledgement of what's happened over the last three weeks. Because what's happened over the last three weeks is that next season, if we're, if, if, if we're competing towards the end of the season, and when I say competing, I mean for fourth, because we're not going to be competing for the league, but competing for, for fourth, uh, competing for cups... The problem now is everyone is going to be waiting for us to completely bottle it all over again. Yeah. You know, we've got that. He's just created that burden now on himself because he, of what's happened. You know, it's a bit like Wenger. It became, well, when's the week going to happen that every, we go out of all the cups and start the decline? Yeah. You know, and everyone, because we'd always, it would happen every single year. And, and that's, that's, that's the really worrying thing for me. That and a, and a, and a lack of vision. I'd love to have. I'd love to see a massive clear out this year, but they just can't do it because the club is so badly run. I mean, well, I I, I think the there's going to be a technical director announced before the summer. So to try and get everyone on side. Well, my view is. Raúl seems to be very Game of Thrones, and he's chopped the head off anybody that was signed by Gazidis. I can't believe that an ex-Barcelona man is looking at what's going on on the pitch and not thinking, I've made, we've made a terrible mistake with Unai Emery. The guy's got no pedigree for top four. He lucked out at PSG. It's very difficult to not win the league there. Um, he's having exactly the same problems there that he had here. In his final season at Sevilla, he didn't win away from home in the league all year. So we know what we've got with Emery, but I think... The technical director brings a football expertise back into the club that we haven't had. So hopefully we, we're going to hire in somebody great. And then I would imagine the, the new technical director has got to play it like a politician overseeing a disaster. Like wait, wait, for, the, wait for the people to beg you for the, the solution. So I think the, the new technical director will come in, assess what's going on at the club, hopefully bring in a head of recruitment very quickly, hopefully get that clear vision of who we want to be as a football club and then just let Emery run it into the ground uh, next season and then either make a move at the end of next year and don't renew his contract. But I, I, I feel like next year, next year it won't get better. 
like fans have, have got to get over this idea of patience for patience sake. Unai Emery is not a very good coach. He's, he's average. He's severe level. He's Everton level at best. He will never get another job in elite football after, after this. He was a panic hire because Ivan Gazidis was all about self-preservation before he left. Um, but I feel like the new technical, we've really got to hope this technical director role is good because it doesn't matter what Stan says or thinks. If we find someone that can identify young players at the end of their contract, bring them in, sell them on, like create bigger budgets for ourselves, then it doesn't matter what Stan inputs into the club. And then hopefully the new person comes in with a very specific vision of who we want to be. And hopefully it's an honest vision because I feel like this Barcelona. Bayern Munich bullshit hasn't got us anywhere this season. And the, the, this, this shit argument that people keep on having about Emery, that he needs more money. Jurgen Klopp had a net spend of basically zero for his first two seasons. In his first season, he was shipping out players like Benteke, Skirtle, Ibe, and buying in... Set, you know, he, he spent 70 million in his first full summer and recouped 70 million. The next summer, it was like, you know, lost Coutinho for 150 million, spent 150 million. Emery's spent 70 million straight away. So he should be improving the club. So I just hope that the new technical director comes in, has a very clear vision, isn't one of Raul's mates, and hopefully can move the club forward. Because if we get that position right, my hope is that with the huge resources that we've got at our disposal, 235 million pound wage bill, um, like clear some of that wage bill, clear out some of the dross, and then set a vision. We should just try and be Dortmund plus, plus, plus. Right, hire like sign in the best young talent, give them a platform, and try and do that project you thing that Wenger did from years ago. But instead, we're kind of in that middle road where we're signing people like Licksteiner, looking at Eva Banega, Enzonzi, and we're never going to get out of the hole there. But I, I, if, we, if we get a couple of good hires right, and you know, Raul slinks off into the background, which it looks like he's trying to do because it doesn't it look like he's trying to go for the position of CEO. If I, if I was uh, Vinay, I'd be very worried. But um, yeah, I was I got off on a bit of a ramble there. So, but I think there's positivity that could come out the back end. But I think Emery is definitely going to stay on, but don't expect it to get better. My worry is that it gets really bad next season. But hey, Liverpool were eighth when uh, like four years ago. Yeah. So you know, you're never dead in football. We've got a great infrastructure, loads of money. I mean, how important do you think having some charisma is? Because I feel like when... Bring the special sauce. When things are not going well, you need to be able to fall back on uh, being just plain respected. And I think Emery just hasn't... He hasn't got that sort of charisma, has he? He is a wet lettuce. And uh, we said that when he joined. He's got no charisma... He's got no source about him. And I don't, I don't, I don't care what anyone says. This is like, a, you know, back in the day when people were like, oh, Brits and their passion, it's so embarrassing. It's exactly the same thing with charisma. Don't tell me that young, like, footballers, 20 to 25 years old, don't look for charisma in a leader. You look at Pochettino. The guy is just fucking cool. You want to go and have a beer with him. Uh, Sarri smoking away on the sidelines, probably got, you know, for 50 mistresses that he hides all around the, the Europe. Um, not so much um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but Klopp, like smoking cigarettes in Ibiza, like Pep Guardiola. Like those, those are people that you're excited to be around. And then you've got Unai Emery coming in. Good evening. <laughs> I know it's I know it's unfair, um, but like 
I don't get excited by him. I don't even understand a fucking word he says. The, the guys who the, the guys or girls who write on um, Arsenal.com, they can't even decipher what he's saying into something coherent. What are the players? How, how are the players going to respond to that? No wonder they're confused on the pitch. Do you, do, does anybody understand what Emery said? So do you think we're going to win the Europa? Oh, I don't know. I, I think the, the, the loss at the weekend gives Chelsea the chance to rest players this we'll weekend. Rest them as well, right? Yeah, I know, but I, I feel like Chelsea have got an aggressive winning mentality baked into their DNA in parts. But, you know, the Europa League is Emery's tournament. What do you think? Does does Azerbaijan count as an, an away game? <laughs> what is it? Like you know? No, I think I think I think I think I think it's fifty fifty if we play Chelsea. I really do. My hope is that Frankfurt beat them and we don't have to. And we, <laughs> but the irony would be if Frankfurt beat Chelsea and we lose to Valencia and it's a Frankfurt Valencia final. This is a question: Who would you prefer to play, Frankfurt or Chelsea? Frankfurt. Really? Because I, I prefer Chelsea just because you know that the players will be up for it. I like, think we'll be up for it. It's the Euro- Europa final to get into the Champions League. And it, it's very Arsenal. It's, you can, everyone is always trying to put things off at Arsenal. You know, if you go, yeah, I know you've been shit all year, but don't worry, there's one more chance to make it better. You can, it's like when all the, all the players go on social media and they go, tomorrow was a bad, bad day. Together we will be better. Onwards, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, go fuck yourself. You say yeah. this every single week and you never change. You've been doing it for years. There's always a cheerleader, Senderos, Denilson, El Nenny, that go out and speak to the press crowd. Yeah, it's... Um, but it's, it's the, the, only, the only thing that stops me from being totally depressed is it, we don't have to put up with tw- for 20 years with Unai Emery. And we won't get the glory that we got with Wenger, but this won't be a 10-year process to get rid of him. If he is still shit by December and we're not looking like we're going to compete, he'll be out the door. Yeah. So that's, the, 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 that, that's what's promising. Yeah. I said earlier in the season, I said, I think I felt like the most disappointing part of the season was Sven leaving. Yeah. Because, I mean, we were full of optimism because we'd seen what, Terreira, Guendouzi, they were gone on that long unbeaten run. We had all those wins in a row. Defence didn't seem such a problem, and we thought it was going to get better. We had a, these exciting young players coming through, mixed with a bit of Ryan Nelson, who was on fire at Hoffenheim, and a few other bits and pieces, and the future looked good. It's just the second half just managed to... It was a damp squib, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it 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 was really bland. It was really bland. We, it, I think I think luck just caught just caught up with us, yeah. and I think that um, Emery talks an incredible game when you you know you read excerpts out of the book. But he he's a lot of people can talk a good game, uh, and that that's true of business as well. It's like, can you actually deliver d- deliver your um, your vision with force and um, it doesn't look like it has but at least we've got a final coming up are we going to book tickets to go there it's it's 1600 dollars from new york direct to baku really it's not too bad right it's more expensive to get back to london where is azerbaijan near russia yeah it's like eastern europe it's a fucking long flight 15 hours though yeah uh, there's not even many tickets are there 10000 no that's uh, you wouldn't get you wouldn't get into a fight down there. That's for sure. No, 
Okay. Maybe we'll go and watch it somewhere else. So, any final thoughts before we leave? Let's just look forward to the Europa. Try and scrape through. It's going to be a... It's basically going to be running down the clock from the first minute, isn't it, in Valencia? Although we've been decent away in, in the Europa. Yeah. They, 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 weren't, they were really bad. In we're the, depressed, uh, aren't we? We're a bit sad. Yeah, we are sad. We are sad. Uh, it's just away from home. But it's, it's also Emery's old club, so maybe he'll fire them up. And the players really don't have anything to play for, so... I mean, it won't be, he'll be up for it. Yeah, I know, Mustafi will get another game. (laughs) Right, okay, and we're going to try and keep these a little bit more regular. Thank you for joining, and we will catch up with you next time. Thanks, Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Pete. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.